The Bearcat Basketball Podcast is now presented by the Healthcare Management Group. Shout out to everyone at HCMG, and thank you for the support. Welcome back to another episode of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former UC basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the legendary coach, Bob Huggins, and I was fortunate enough to wear the iconic Jordan brand unis during my time. Now, you can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram, at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, Alex Meacham. On Snapchat, at Big Meach 41. And thanks to our producer, Coach Stu Holt. I'm on TikTok, at Alex Meacham 41. Bearcat fans, I'm excited to welcome in this former Bearcat basketball fan favorite. And when I say fan favorite, I mean with capital letters. He played from 2017 to 2021, was recruited by Mick Cronin, and played one season for John Brannon, and eventually transferring to Tennessee Tech. I would like to welcome in my guy, number 20, Mamadou Diara. Dude! <laughs> What's up, my guy? Not much. How you doing, man? Good, man. I appreciate you being here. Thanks for having me here. Back in, back in the natty. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I just got back. Yeah? How's it feel? I'm feeling great. Yeah? I'm Did you bring great. the good weather with you? We got some good weather days here. Man. Yeah, I, I, I tried to. I mean, the first week, you know, the weather didn't want to come with me, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, now it's pretty good. Yeah. Do you remember the first time we met? Yes. Uh, I think we met on uh, my freshman year uh, at this freshman conference. It was kind of like you were uh, guest speaking. Yes. Guest speaker. Yeah. So, so yeah, I remember you. So, um, for the Bearcat fans out there, uh, some of you all may know, I go to the university every year and I speak to many of the student athletes, football, basketball, uh, women's basketball, baseball. And um, one of my speeches, uh, Mamadou was there and you came up to me after. Yep. We took a picture. We got, you got me a book. And I gave you a, I gave you a copy of the book. Yes. Walk yes. of a Lifetime. Uh-huh. Did you read it? I did. Did you? I did read the whole thing. Even last week, I take a look at it again. So if you ask me a question, I might think about something. You know I what I'm saying? I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. so I got to quiz you. Let me write that down. Oh, I'm man. Quiz that, you no, on, let's not do that right now. page 39. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, speaking of that, you, you told me before we got started here with the podcast that you actually listened to the podcast. Yes, I listened to the whole podcast. Uh, wow. From the beginning to uh, you know, where you guys were and the meals. Um, to now, I listen to you know all of it. Even a new one that just came out the other day. Yeah, I listen to it. I appreciate so, that. Yes, I appreciate yes, that, dude. Sir. So you enjoy them? I enjoy what, uh, listening to the podcast for sure. Do you yeah. like getting like hearing the perspective of other former players and just keeping up the speed of what's going on? Yes, I definitely do. And then one of my favorite was uh, the 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 guy I forgot his name, but he was talk about you know how how he was being a leader on a team when everybody was. You know, uh, this bab- this babbler, uh, this you know, like uh-huh. going everywhere, right? So, and then uh, my other favorite one was the one that this guy was talking about, like, you know, how he came back to Cincinnati and started, you know, his AU, AU team and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I forgot his name as well, but 
that was pretty good uh, podcast that I listened to. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. That's awesome. And um, so tell everyone you're back in Cincinnati. Tell everyone what you're doing right now. Yeah, so uh, I'm back in Cincinnati with my uh, family. Um, you know, I was, I was right now I'm uh, training uh, kids, you know. So you're you training kids for basketball? I'm training kids for basketball. Uh, okay, what area? I'm training in Fairfield. Fairfield, Fairfield, okay. Ohio. So yeah. uh, sometimes coming to UC, but you know that's not all the time. But I train in Fairfield. There is the YMCA in there that I train there uh, every 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 other day. Great, and you're giving back. I'm giving back. I'm definitely giving back. That's something I wanted to do for a while. Um, I wanted to be a coach from from the first day I got here. Uh, after ba- after I get done playing basketball, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, I would say like a month or two months after I was done with the basketball season, you know, I just got this idea to start playing basketball because I thought I was done uh, playing actual basketball. But, you know, I still got, I still got a couple more years before I get <laughs> finally done. Yeah. But I'm still, you know, starting training guys, keep giving back. So, uh, you know, to so get myself ready before I fully committed to uh, go 100% teaching kids how to play basketball. And you mentioned, too, before we got started, mm-hmm. that uh, you would like to start an AU program. Yes, I do. I would, I would love to start an AU program. Uh, like I say, I mean, uh, I've been a big fan of you. Uh, oh, you didn't know. Thank you. Uh, so I've been a big fan of whatever you do, uh, your AU program, your podcast and everything, and your book. I mean, I'm writing a book as well. Really? Yes, I'm writing a book. Uh, so, I mean, starting an AU like will be a dream uh, come true for me. Absolutely, yes. and I'll, I'll help you any way I can. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. I got some ideas. All right. Yeah. We'll we'll, we'll talk after it's, the podcast. It I got, sounds, sounds good. Sounds you know, good. I, so um, years ago, uh, I, I just interviewed him, Armin Kirkland, who played basketball for UC. Um, <clears throat> he played for UC. He's originally from Texas, and he wanted to start an AU program, mm-hmm. and so he started uh, here in Cincinnati, and I helped him. Um, just taught him kind of the, you know, the ropes of AU and how to get things going. And then he, you know, moved back to Texas. And, I mean, he, he's doing amazing, man. He has tons of teams. Oh, yeah, that, that was him. That yeah. was him. Yeah, that was him. Yeah. That was one of the ones you like. Yeah. Yeah, that was his. Okay. Yeah, that so was that's, him. Yeah. He, he's a great, great dude. And uh, he's doing really well with his, uh, with his AU program. So I'd like to try to help you out in the same way. I'll give you some, sure. give you some knowledge. Now let's let's not go past the fact that you said uh, your your family's here. So you have a you have a daughter. I have a daughter and uh, I have a fiance in here. Nice. As now well. where's she from? She's from Coldwater, Ohio. Okay. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people don't know about Coldwater, but yeah, she's from Coldwater, Ohio. Yeah. So so how'd you meet her? Well, it was my freshman sophomore year. You know when I was you know. I don't know. She was kind of my fan or whatever. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully she's not gonna. Hopefully she's not gonna listen to this podcast. Like the way you said it. She was kind of my fan. She you know? was. She was a fan. Uh, we met on social media. You know, one day. That's I how che- it all starts, Mama. Dude. Yep. 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 One day I checked my 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 DMs. DMs she sli- she slid in the DMs. She was. She was there. Good for her. Good for her. Yeah. But it worked out for her. It worked out. It worked sometimes, out for- sometimes you gotta shoot your shot, Mama. Do true. True that. So yeah, that that worked out for both of us for sure. So what? So she she slides in. I, I'm, this is like turned into a Dr. Phil episode, but she slides in your DMs. How did it like 
ended up working to where you guys were? What is it? What, what's it about her that that so, worked? I got into college. I mean, she already has been in college. She went to Cincinnati. She graduated there from architectural design. Oh, wow. Yeah. She so, was in DAP. Yeah, she was in DAP. Mm. So, smart. You know, smart. Very smart. Okay. I so, see you know, I was here. in college, you know, trying to, trying to figure out how things yeah. go and stuff like that. And then, you know, I got her in my DM. I'm like, okay, well, you know, let's, let's make a friend now. So, my okay. freshman year, I mean, I was trying to make friends and I've been, I made a lot of friends, but my freshman year, I was, focus on making African friends more than American friends, if that makes sense. It, you know? Is there a large population of African students? Yes. Okay. There is a lot of African, uh, African in, in UC, especially like, uh, uh, I would say like, if you go five minutes, 10 minutes from UC, you will only see African there, like a lot of Malians and oh, wow. Nigerian, Ghanaian, stuff okay. like that. Okay, I didn't know this. And, and that was part of the reason why I came to Cincinnati. You know, when I was because here, of that community. Yes. Okay. When I came here for a visit, uh, they took me to African Center in UC. There is an African Center yep. in there. I'm familiar with it. So mm-hmm. I went down there and then I talked to, uh, I forgot the name of an old man that was there. That's the, uh, I think he's a, he's a leader or, or mm-hmm. something like that. So I talked to him. I mean, I liked him very much. Uh, the way he was, you know, showing me stuff about African culture and all those things got me to come here because, like, I was in the state for like I was I came here back in 2013, 14 in America, and then, you know, back then I was still looking for to to see African community. I was looking for to see somebody that's from my mm-hmm. my place, you know. Yeah. And then coming here for a visit and see those things like got me to be like, okay, well, this is yeah, this for is where, sure. Like I should I should come. So, okay, so we're, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a little bit as far as how you got to UC in terms of the recruiting process and all that. But back, back to your fiance, man. How okay. did it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, okay, yeah, let's go. Yeah, so, uh, so after, you know, my freshman year, so going to my sophomore year, uh, you know, I decided to, to calm down, you know, to. To, to, be in a, to be in a relationship. Oh, you were out, out in the streets, huh? You were a little wild out there, dude. Exploring college, you know. Okay, okay, okay. You, you know, had a lot of fans out there, huh, dude? I, I did. Some, some fans. <laughs> I did have some fans, for sure. But, yeah, the, so. The humble brag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I decided to, you know, to, to, to focus, to really focus on the basketball because my freshman year was rough, like, you know. Um, I had to rest short and all that, so I decided to just focus on basketball and focus on uh, uh, some settle down. Yeah, settle yeah. down. And, you know, and she was part of that. She was part down. of that. She was, a, you know, she was the reason why I got through all my sophomore year. I would say, and mentally and everything. So, and that's why I got, I, I kept her around. So, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully she, don't like her, I say, don't oh, tell her you're doing. The yeah, hopefully she won't <laughs> listen to this podcast. <laughs> I can tell this is going to be a great podcast. <laughs> I can already tell. Um, answer this question for me, Mama Do. Um, I've been in this city my entire life. Um, I've been going to UC basketball games since I was uh, nine years old. Mm-hmm. And I've watched UC basketball my entire life. And I would put you up there as one of, one of the fans' favorites. Um, people just absolutely love you. Why is that, Mama? Do do you think? 
Man, I don't. Have you thought about that? Nah, <laughs> I never thought about that. Um, but I don't really know, to be honest. I feel like it is the fact that I, I go in a car and give my best and give all I got. I feel like that's the reason why. And I'm, I'm cool with everybody. Yeah. I don't, I yeah. don't you know, show people I'm, I play for UC. That don't mean like I'm bigger than anybody or that don't mean like I'm more important than anybody else. So I just treat everybody the same uh, from people that work in the UC, uh, uh, you know, at, you know, cleaning staff to, to the head coach. I treat everybody the same. That's so right. that's, I feel like that's, that's the reason why. But other than that, I don't, I don't really know. I never thought about that, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think part of it is, I think there are many reasons, which we'll kind of discover here uh, through the course of this interview. But I think one of the reasons is I think you seem like you were having fun out there. Like, you know, I would watch games and, I mean, you'd be out there smiling, talking, and uh, you would engage with fans after, mm-hmm. after games. And I think, and I'll kind of use this kind of a transition into your story, but when you ended up coming back with Tennessee Tech to play at Fifth Third Arena, mm-hmm. the fans were so excited to see you. Yeah, I you, was. You, you know that, right? Like, yeah, I was shocked. Honestly, I mean, I wasn't shocked because I know UC fans. Uh, but at the same time, I was like, wow, this is something. They sure. were – and we're going to talk a lot more about that particular game here in a second. But and I will say something about you. Like, you just say, uh, you know, going after a game and talk to people and stuff like that. Like, I don't know if you remember that, but, you know, you come to speak to us my freshman year, you were like, you know, the best way uh, – you know, to network people or to get people to consider you after basketball or after college is like to shake people's hand mm-hmm. after games and stuff like that. Cause you never know who's who's in a seat or who's in a uh, uh, you know stand. So absolutely. I mean that. I mean I listen to advice. Honestly, uh, I, yeah, that was that was the best advice. I, 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 you I know. appreciate that. I'm I'm glad you yeah I'm glad you listened to that. Sir. Some yeah. I think some players hear it some don't um but case in point like you would engage with people after the game shake hands make everyone feel you know important Mm -hmm. and um when you came back people loved you because of how you made them feel true right Mm -hmm. what's the saying Stu? people will forget what you say but they'll never forget how you made them feel is that right Stu? so um, I, I think that's a large part to, mm-hmm. you know, why this community embraced you so much. This next segment is sponsored by the College of Arts and Sciences at the University of Cincinnati. They have a new flexible bachelor's degree that will allow you to graduate conveniently and affordably. You won't lose any credit or have to start over. Now, Mamadou, um, one of the things that I love about this podcast is that we give, you know, former players or whoever I'm interviewing an opportunity to kind of tell their complete story. and. The, the neat thing about this is, is I'll go back to the Armin Kirkland interview. There were parts of Armin's interview that I had guys that played with him, fans, people like, I never knew that about him. Mm-hmm. And he just never had the platform to kind of tell his, his story. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the reasons that, you know, I really wanted to get you on the podcast is I've, I don't think I've ever interviewed anyone that has actually come from another country and come to the University of Cincinnati, played basketball. And it's one thing where, you know, I've interviewed people that have come from California to Cincinnati, and that's a long way, right? That's a big cultural difference. 
um, you know, Corey Blunt came all the way from Monrovia, California, which is a different world from Cincinnati, and that was an exciting conversation. But, but man, to 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 come from Africa, and we're we're gonna just kind of go through your your entire story. So so tell everybody where you're from in Africa. Uh, so I was born in Mali, <coughs> Mali, uh, West Africa. West Africa. West Africa. Okay. So yeah, a lot of people don't know Mali, but if you say Nigeria and Senegal, yeah. So Mali is close to Nigeria and then close to Senegal as well. Yep. So I was born there, and then I moved here uh, to the U.S. when I was 15. Uh, I first moved to Napa, Napa, California. Mm. Yeah. So I was there uh, for a year playing for a prolific prep. Okay, hold on, hold on. We 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 can't. We got to go back to Africa because okay. so many people that listen to this podcast have never been to Africa. I've never been to Africa. That's a that's a trip that I would love to make one day. Tell us about growing up in Africa. Like, what's what's that like? What was it like for you? Well, growing up in Africa, like Africa will teach you how to be adult and wise uh, at a young age. That's what that's what a lot of people. Like don't know, and even if you go visit Africa, that will open your mind more than uh, like any experience here will will make open your mind. Uh, well, why are you, why are you thrust into being an adult so soon? Because of a struggle. So Africa will teach you like like real life struggle at a young age. Mm. You know, like your parents like will tell you to go uh, get money for them. You know, mm. like not my parents. I was fortunate enough. I mean, no, nah, we wasn't. We wasn't rich. Uh, we wasn't poor either. But so, were you like in middle we class? Were, in, we were in, in the middle. We okay. were in the middle. So, uh, even that, you know, you have to help out with your family's like stuff. Mm. So sometimes your grandma will say, "Okay, I need some money. Go get a bucket of ice and go sell it." You know, mm. and I did that in Africa as a as a young kid. Uh, I went to throw throw trash. I will say like. The dumpster is probably like what, like five miles? <laughs> yeah, sometimes three miles as a kid. So you walk that? Yes, I got it. I got a barrel full of uh, uh, trash. Wow. I just go go throw that in there every almost every day, and then bring it back. You know, and then, but that's not it. That's not it. You know, the hardest thing about Africa. A lot of people, a lot of other people struggle in Africa. Really yeah. like struggle for for like they don't. They don't have food. Uh, most people, you know, don't have like, you know, like even opportunity to go to school, which is the hardest thing. Uh, but I was, you know, blessed to go to school. Which, which is so. If you look at, okay, let's take Cincinnati for example. Even those that come from inner city conditions, they still have an opportunity to go to free schooling. But you're saying in Africa, some of these people don't even have an opportunity to go to school and learn. You don't. You don't. You got your parents gotta pay money for it. You know, if the parents don't pay money for it, they're going to kick you out. And a lot of people just drop out because they, their, their family can't afford to, to pay like $2, $3 you know, mm. a month. You know, that's, and that's, that's the biggest thing. But Africa is, is, is honestly great. You know, to, to me, I think Africa is great because like, of, the, of the way things are over there. And like, it makes you more appreciative of everything you get. You know, so, and that's when I was like, I was here, I wasn't playing as much and stuff like that. Everybody was like, why you wasn't playing? Why you not mad? I was mad, but I'm grateful to be here, you know, so things like that. But Africa will definitely like, one of the things like I learned from Africa, my family is a discipline, you know, they they will teach you discipline from from a year, like five to 
you know, year five, seven, seven years old, you will learn how to be disciplined from there to whatever, you know, to, to whatever age you're going you're gonna, you're gonna to get. And one of the things with you is you're so polite and well-mannered. Is that part of the culture? It is part of the culture. You know, in Africa, I keep telling this story to people and people think like sometimes like they don't understand like how things work. And then, you know, that got me a lot. So when I first got here, I was scared to tell a coach or ask a coach a question because I think it's, it's you know, it's, it's not polite to ask sure. somebody sure. like a question, uh, you know, that's older than you. Uh, but after I learned like, you know, and I, in here too, uh, I got in trouble for looking at the coaches, you know, face to face. You know, like you, in America, the culture in here is like, if you're talking to somebody, you got to look at them in the face, right? Mm -hmm. And that's a respect, sign of respect. In Africa, you can't do that because that's disrespect. Yeah. So, so okay, wait a minute. So, <laughs> okay. So, you don't look the person in the eye? No. Like, at all? Or when you're having a tough conversation? When you're having at all. At when all. Some, yeah, when somebody is older than you, you have to, you know, you know kind of like bow down, kind of thing. I uh, did not know this. Yeah. Yeah. So, did you know that, Stu? I've, I, uh, Cruzy? So, so wh why is that? I, first of all, we might not even get to basketball. I'm fascinated <laughs> with, like, Africa. So, so, why is that? Yeah. So, in Africa, we think that's, that's a sign of respect. So, like, if your mom talking to you, like, you, you listen like that, you talk to her, you listen like that, or you, somebody older than you, you know, you, you don't look at them in their face when they're talking to you, mm. you know, and we think that's a respect. And when I got here. <laughs> oh, man, you probably. Yeah, when I got here, like, I was, yeah, yeah, I was, I was like, man, this is all, like, different to me. Yeah. Uh, talking to somebody. Look at my face. Like, I'm like, okay, yeah. yeah I can see Mick. Like, well, yeah, <laughs> look Mick, at me. Mick, Mick do that. Uh, uh, Coach Brennan do that. Uh, he say, you know, you got to look at me when I'm mm -hmm. talking. Well, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to do that. That's like, I mean, and that's, people might think it's a simple thing, but that's a tough adjustment when you come from a culture where you, it's almost like I've played zone my entire life, and then now you're telling me I got to play man-to-man -man in a big time basketball right it's like that it's like it's a big it's kind of kind of the same it's a big big change for sure so i had to learn when i first got here i mean you, you, let's still go back to africa i'm gonna tell you a little bit about africa uh, trust me i, I want to hear all this yeah I'm so for it. so yeah growing up growing up in africa it was it was not easy i would say it, it was not easy at all uh especially when i was young uh you know i had uh you know, I grew up, like, my dad passed uh, when I was a kid. I was, like, five. My oh, dad I didn't know this. Yeah, so. So your dad passed away at five. Yeah, so okay. I, grew, I grew up, you know, with, with, step, my, with, with, my, with my grandma. Okay. So my grandma raised me to, you know, like, to until, until now, like, I knew my grandma as my father and my mom at the same time. Oh, uh, wow. My mom was around, but, you know, in Africa, it's, the culture is different. So, you know, if you have a kid, the kid has to go. Uh, to to the to the to the dad side, if you know the if something happened to the dad, the kid has to go to the dad side. So the mom will go back to her her house. Wow. So, so it was different. So I was living with my grandma. So on a weekend, I go see my 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 mom and stuff like that. But you know, so it was it was a tough. It was tough on, on me, but it was kind of easier as well because uh, my grandma lived next to the basketball facility and the school. So the school and the basketball facility. Is like what, like, 
you know, not even five minute walk, ten minute walk. Uh, so that was that was the nice thing about that. Didn't you have a a relative that played pro? Was it an yes. aunt or somebody? My, my aunt, my aunt. That's play- what you told me that in France. My aunt's playing in France. You told me that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She's a. She's the one of the reasons why I play basketball. Yeah, I remember, I remember you telling me about this. Yep, she played. She played for friends. She, she got friends. you kind of get on to a basketball. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I look up. Uh, growing up, like watching her playing a lot. She played Olympic, you know. And that's I'm I'm writing down my book like the way yeah. like that that thing all these things works or uh, or how I started it was kind of like weird, but it was it was funny. It was good. This is this is good. I'm, I'm liking all this. So um, obviously in, in Africa, soccer is big. Soccer is very big. Did you play soccer growing up? I did. Okay. I what did. was what was your your was soccer your main sport for a while, and then you transitioned to basketball, or were you like playing both? Yeah, I, I played I played soccer uh, for I would say my whole my whole entire life. Uh, I started playing basketball when I I was kind of forced to mm. you know, uh, by my hand. But at the same time, I, I don't think she forced me, but she was like, yeah, yeah. push me to do it most right. of the time. And I had my friends that tell me, man, you too tall, man, you, you know, you, just go play basketball. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go try, mm. you know. And, but yeah, soccer was definitely my sport. So, soccer, even when I get here, you see, like almost every night I go play in the Shackley, yeah, with the, with the other guys over there. Do you really? I do. The soccer team? So- I, play, I play with... Uh, or just uh, the pick-up soccer. Pick-up soccer. Okay. Yeah, since they, they don't have no more soccer. Uh, yeah, oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. But yeah, those same, those same guys that were in the soccer team, I play, I play with those guys uh, in, at the University of Cincinnati there, yeah. Okay, so, so what, what got you to the States? You said you started it in Napa? Yeah, so I got in the state back in 2013-14. Uh, I got invited to the basketball camp, uh, basketball without border. I don't know if you mm-hmm. know about. Heard of it? Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I got invited to that South Africa, and then from that, I got changed like to come uh, to to the state for full scholarship to go to come study and play basketball. I mean, at that time they don't call it basketball for scholarship; they call it. Uh, uh, Exchange, cult- exchange, uh, cultural. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I was the exchange student, you know, that got here uh, through basketball. But you know, at that time, you know, they told nobody to say any, anything like that because that might get the prep school or whatever any trouble. So, but that's that's how I got here. So I got here. I was in Napa uh, for a year. Uh, you know, like it was it was rough. So when I first got here. Like I didn't speak English at all. Like I didn't know one sentence in English. Wait a minute. Okay. How many languages do you speak? I speak three languages. Three. I do. French. Obviously, I'm French. Yeah. I figured that. Bambara. Who? Uh, Bambara. That's African language. Say it again. Bam. Bambara. Bambara. Yeah. Okay. And then English. Yeah. Eng- okay. So, so you you spoke two prior to coming to the states. Yes. And you learned English in the states. I learned English in the states. How did you learn English? Well, that was that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I learned English through. I will say, I, <laughs> but I learned English through through church. Really? Like, yes, I'm not like listening to the preacher. Or? Yeah, so I used to love church because of music. Like I love to I lo- listen to music. I love music. Mm-hmm. Uh, since Africa, I love like music is what I love to like to. I do, can't, you, do you sing? 
I don't sing. Because we're forming a band, so Cruzy plays guitar, I'm piano, and, and Stu's a singer, right? Yeah, I, I produce. You, you pro- <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's right. a funny thing, though, but, like, I produce for real. Really? I, I produce okay. I produce a couple of songs for real. I might, I might put that song out one of these days. Jaren, I produce a song for Jaren. I produce a song for Trey Scott. Whoa, 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 I produce whoa, whoa, a song whoa, whoa, whoa. for, no, no, for no, no, Jeremiah. No. Wait, wait, wait. Seven, four, yeah. So, so, so Jaren, Trey, and Jeremiah yes. have some hip-hop songs, some rap songs. They have some rap songs. Produced by Mamadou Diaz. Yes. And what, what's, your, what's your producer name? It's just Mamadou. You know, <laughs> I, I, do, <laughs> I do not know, know the name, uh, but yeah, I definitely... Um, are these going to be? A, we need to debut these live on the podcast, by the way. So we're going. We, we yeah. For All sure. Right. So 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 back so back to the English. So you learn yeah. English to the church. So so I used like I said I love music. So I used to go to church uh, with my host family uh, from in California and there. So I used to go to church and there is like three big screen uh, in the church that I used to go and then whenever they're singing. I look at the lyrics, they like sing, and I was like, okay, yeah, this is this, this is that. And then I catch up a little bit with that. And then uh, my whole family, my mom uh, is a teacher in high school, was a teacher. So she was an English teacher. So she got me watching cartoon. So I used to watch cartoon as 16 years old, hmm. you know? So uh, that helped me a lot learning English. And I think I, I started speaking English like really good when I was, I mean, uh, when I only spent like six to seven months here, so it was it was pretty. It was not too hard, but it was not easy at all either. And, and this is one of the questions I have. Um, I'm, I've never asked somebody this that's actually learned, you know, English at a later age, like like you. So you were around sixteen when yeah. you learned English. So was it? tough to once you learn english then you have all the different <clears throat> areas in the country where like in the south they speak a little different new york is com- east coast is completely different yeah. west coast has its own little you know little slang to it was that was that tough that was tough that was that was tough so i didn't know like so in napa it's all white yeah you know it's yeah. all like winery like all yeah yeah, you know, so sure. so from Napa, I transfer. I, I didn't transfer. Basically, I I transfer. I will say I transfer. So uh, I I went to Missouri. So when I was in Missouri, uh, they were like Jamaican. All like the school almost with Jamaican guys in the school or Caribbean guy. Mm. So they were speaking different. Lang- like they were speaking English, but it was yeah, it was kind of like funny, you know. So yeah. I was like, man. This is getting me confused now. So like I thought I'm learning, you know, I thought I'm learning English. Yeah. So now yeah. like I don't know if I'm speaking English good or not. So they're speaking, you know, that got me a little, you know, but and then after that I moved to uh Huntington, West Virginia. So they oh. got a little different accent oh, as boy. well. Yeah, that's and then different uh, there. Yeah, and my senior year I ended up being in South Carolina. So all this was because of my visa. So I I moved from one place to other places. Because I had visa issue. Gotcha. Uh, you know, so, and all the school were promised me, oh, yeah, I'm going to change your visa. I'm going to fix your visa for you. But they never did. They never so. did. So you had to move. So I had to move. Yeah. Wow. South Carolina, that's a, obviously a southern, southern slang, and you had to get adjusted to that. Yep. yep. You know, but here's the thing. 
And, and Stu and I were talking about this on the last podcast. That uh, So Thursday's my birthday. Yeah. I'll be 46. And every birthday, I try to challenge myself to learn something new. So my goal is to learn to speak Spanish fluently. Oh, okay. So, so I'm, tr- I'm trying to figure out how am I going to learn to speak Spanish? Am I going to take you know, actual lessons, take classes. I think one of the best things to do, and I ask your opinion on this, Mama Do, is to actually, like, listen to people that speak Spanish and talk with them and get to know Spanish-speaking folks and kind of be around them. Yes. Uh, I think, yeah, you definitely need to have somebody to practice with, uh, which is knowing somebody uh, yeah. that's, that's from Spain or Mexico or whatever. Uh, Give me a little Spanish, Mamacita. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Slide in my DMs. Yeah, yeah. and then um, there is actually a app called uh, Duolingo. I don't know if you heard Say of it. Say it again? Duolingo. Duolingo? Yeah, it's. Uh, okay, I'm writing this down. Yeah, D U O L I N G. Okay. Yeah, it's Duolingo. So that, that helped me a lot learning English. And then uh, Rosalie Stone, mm-hmm. yep. if you heard of that. Yep, I have. So, I mean, I, I used to go in there for like 10 and 15 minutes a day uh, to just practice my stuff and then go out and act like I'm speaking English. But, you know, those are yeah. things I memorize and whatever somebody else say, I always just say those things, you know. But, how, how hard was it for you to um, understand hip hop? Because my, my mom can't understand a word that's like I was playing Kendrick Lamar for her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I can't keep up with how fast he's saying things. Yeah. She understands the words. It's just he's saying it at such a, a fast pace. Was that hard for you? Or you, were you listening to it? Back home, yes. But back in Africa, they, I'm going to tell you something that nobody noticed. But they used to call, call me Snoop Dogg. <laughs> <laughs> Snoop Dogg, <laughs> they used to call me Snoopy, yeah, for sure. Uh, back back in Africa, because like, so like I said, I love music, and then back in Africa, all my friends are like famous rappers over there. So, yes. Say what? My friends are famous rapping. They're famous rappers in in Mali. Africa or just Mali or West in, in, Africa in Mali. Mali. Yeah. I know somebody. He live he live next to my ne- next to my house. It's like what like three. Not even three, three feet, or three feet or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he's he's really like famous. So I used to like rap with them. I I don't rap, but I used to be in the same like kind of like yeah. friend group with them. And then they got me that name. So but we used to listen to like all the you know rap music and stuff like that. We thought we were not. We thought we thought we were American back then. <laughs> so is that a big, is that a thing in Africa? Like is is American culture really big there? Yes. Yes, yeah. In Africa, I would say everybody want to be American. Wow. Yeah, and then when I was in Africa, that's when, when I got to Napa, I'm like, man, this is not America. I'm, I didn't land in America Napa's yet. not America. Yeah, I see. <laughs> that's a I different see, I, America. I didn't land in America yet. I got I to gotta go to America for yeah, sure. Yeah. But yeah, when I was, you know, we listened to a lot of Lil Wayne, Shampoo. Back then, yeah. there was like Shampoo, uh, Shank Hickston. Uh-huh, um, yep. You know, and uh, a lot of other rappers and Tupac was my uncle, uncle's uh, favorite, favorite mm-hmm. rapper. So, so yeah, we used to wow. listen to all this, all this, all this stuff. So, who was the most when you were growing up? Who was like the most famous American that like everybody was? Was it a rapper? Was it a basketball player, football player? Like, who was the most famous American that everybody kind of? So, 
when I was in Africa, my uncles, like, they, they thought they were American. They used to wear Duraks and all that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. I love this. This yeah. is fascinating to me. Yeah, so, yeah, so uh, back then there was uh, Basta Rhymes. Busta Rhymes, yeah. Busta Rhymes, yeah. So we used to listen to that a lot. Yeah. Now, I used to hang out with them when I was a kid, but they used to listen to that. And then uh, uh, there was, uh, uh, oh my God, I forgot, Nelly. Nelly, yeah. Nelly, Nelly yeah. was their, one of their favorites. And daily, basketball-wise, everybody loved Jordan. So, yeah. Know, like, yeah. They, they, they used to like play basketball. They used to act American while, you know, be, still being in Africa. This is wild. Yeah, yeah. This is wild. Um, okay, so, okay, this is, this is good. So, um, is South Carolina your last stop prior to the Bearcats? That okay. was. So, who, at this time in South Carolina, you go, are you going to a prep? I was in prep school. Okay. Um, who, who's recruiting you at this point? Well, before I, go to, I went to South Carolina, I, ha, I, I was committed to University of Washington. Uh, yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. Yes, yes, I was committed to University of Washington. I committed who, earlier. Who was With, the coach there? Romar, Coach Romar. Oh, wow. Lorenzo Romar. You know what's crazy about him? Uh-huh. Do you know where he has his uh, degree from, college degree? Pepperdine. That's where he coaches now. Oh, where do you got it from? University of Cincinnati. Really? Yes. Wow. Is that not crazy? Yeah, that's crazy. I I'll, didn't know I'll that. Show, I'll show you online. If you look at his bio, wow. he went to the University of Cincinnati. But that's where he got his degree from. But wow. That's, sorry. That's so, crazy. So, so you committed to Washington, uh-huh. yeah. but then you decommitted. I decommitted because Romar and uh, his coaching staff got fired, uh, unfortunately. Yep. Uh, so when they got fired, I, you know, I decommitted. Uh, you know, opened up my recruiting again, and I started hearing from a lot of school. Uh, I wanted to go, but, you know, I decided to go to Cincinnati because my sophomore year, I remember I didn't speak English at all or anything. Uh, Larry Davis. Uh, Larry, Coach Larry Davis. Yeah, yeah. LD. Uh, so he was recruiting me before I even, I, I always heard. So, like I say, like, I got a long story, uh, but, you know, I'm not going to sit down and talk, talk, all, talk about all those in here. Uh, but I got hurt. I tore my uh, MCL back in California. So I didn't play until my junior year. And I played two weeks of AU and I got like, what, 20 offer or something like that? Yeah. So I didn't play at all. So my, I didn't play sophomore year, freshman year, or junior year. So I just played AAU and that, that's, that's it. And then I went to my senior year, like something like that. Um, but LD was still recruiting me, mm-hmm. you know, even though it didn't. I don't know how you know I was even good because I don't know if he see me playing basketball or not. Uh, so he recruited me uh, to come to Cincinnati, but I was like, man, I got I to gotta go to Washington, you know, because I had, uh, you know, this guy that helped me come here advising me. So there was people advising me, you know, when you're in high school, uh, you got people advising you to go places or whatever, especially like me by myself, coming here by myself. I didn't know nothing. So I'm like, okay, well, this guy's from my country, you know this thing, you know that. Right. So I'm going to listen to him, you know. And I did. I mean, it was. It was. And, and, and so, and back to what you were talking about earlier, one of the things that attracted you to the University of Cincinnati was the African culture yes. that was there. Um, what about Mick Cronin and, and your conversations with him? Yeah, you know, so after decommitting from Washington, uh, I had I had, you know, option between Bob Huggins, right? 
yes west virginia west virginia so they were recruiting me because i was in huntington prep oh gotcha yeah so i gotcha. was i was there and they were recruiting who, me who recruited was it who was the assistant that recruited you was it larry harrison or eric martin i think it was eric martin I, okay. i'm not 100 percent sure okay who who really was uh but yeah so i talked to you know them a couple of times and because my friend went there uh sagawa konate mm-hmm. so he was doing pretty good and sagawa told me like this this coach you know, you can be a good coach, but it's he's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. He said, he said he's crazy, man. But yeah. I went from a crazy guy to another crazy guy. I'm like, man, I'm I'm unlucky. But yeah, Mick, uh, Mick was Mick was good. You know, like like pe- a lot of people do. A lot of people visit school. Uh, you know, worry about like football uh, how football stadium is packed and stuff like that mine was like different so i came in to visit asked me make questions uh you know how you see me in two years three years from now uh you know like how are you gonna use me how are you gonna do this how are you gonna do that uh that's this is the crazy story too like nobody knew about this it's for us so before i get here uh i had my au coach you know writing me like I would say like 30 questions to ask me corny about so I, I took my phone every time like i look at my phone i'm like this <laughs> you're looking at the questions yeah i'm like asking me a question make me to tell larry davis larry davis was like this he's asking too many questions <laughs> he said that yes <laughs> yeah so larry larry came to me larry was like like you red flagged him yeah they were worried you were asking too many yeah 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 larry, larry was like man man i think like mickey mickey's worried man like are you really like you know like asking this question because you want to know or you just like like don't trust us because mm-hmm. back then i didn't trust nobody if i'm being honest yeah because, well, you come from a different country you and- know what i'm saying and then you know the the fact that my high school all my high school was crazy because i was bouncing places to places like without even my consent so i didn't want like to go from california to missouri from missouri to west virginia from west virginia to uh south carolina without me like i was i was being sent there so basically i have this guy called hey pack your stuff you're gonna be leaving tomorrow i'm like okay i pack my stuff i'm in a different school i'm in a different school and after that i'm like man i gotta take my decision myself and you know do my mm-hmm. thing myself so that's when like I started like not trusting people because I was like, I was literally here illegally for like two years without knowing I was I was here illegally because your visa my wasn't. visa so my visa wasn't good so they got me a bad visa to get me in the country to mm. get me here mm. so I didn't know until I got a UC they were like man your visa is messed up you know this is fake visa I'm like how is this fake. And then they were like, well, and you remember that I didn't go to um, Cayman Island my freshman year, mm-hmm. like the, the team went down there, that's because of that. And then from there, I didn't trust nobody with anything anymore. So mm-hmm. me coming to school, I'm like, man, I don't trust nobody. So I start asking question, question, and then, you know. Well, let me, let me ask you, that, that, that brings me to ask this question then. So coming from Mali to Napa, I mean, Mali's all African, right? There's yes. not many white people. There is some white people in there. Few? Few. So was it a culture shock to go to Napa, which is predominantly white? 
it was it was it was a culture shock for sure and then you know mali you will see a couple white people but they they're there to learn music they learn they're there to learn how to dance or they learn they're there to learn a culture mm. you know or they like but they're not from there they're not from there they're, they've come you know? from somewhere else yes. to learn the yes gotcha. yeah the only place in africa where you see like uh, white people from africa is south africa mm, yep you know yep yeah but in mali this we all yeah was that a tough adjustment i mean obviously you know you you end up playing at uc for mick cronin a white coach and what was was that an adjustment for you you know from a cultural standpoint i know you talked about the trust issue there was was that a thing where i mean being an african coming to america it's like you know i don't know about white people i don't trust them was there some of that going on early on not not really not really because uh, i played I play all in high school for white 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 coaches. Okay, you know, gotcha. so all high school I was playing, I played for white coaches. So it wasn't that wasn't a big 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 deal at all. Gotcha. So, okay, okay, yeah. So okay, now I, I want to talk a little bit about Cincinnati. Um, yeah. So so you get here to Cincinnati. Um, what are some of the things when you initially got here, Mamadou? What are some of the things you liked about Cincinnati when you got here? Man, when I first got here. Like I say, I, I had trust issue, right? So I didn't trust nobody. So, but I, I soon learned that like people are nicer than what I was, what I put in my mind, mm. what I, or what I was thinking this whole time, right? Yeah, yeah. So when I first got here, the first year, I ain't gonna lie, I was, I was a bad dude. <laughs> I was, I was like to compliance to, you know, uh, the equipment guys to the coaches, even make like I wasn't. Kemi told me to do something. Everybody was, was scared. I wasn't scared. Like, whatever he said something, I was just like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do this, whatever. But, you know, like, mm -hmm. but I wasn't, you know, I was, I was not a good guy at all. But after, like, you know, I started, like, seeing people, like, in here are, like, very nice. People are, like, welcoming. They're trying to teach me stuff instead of, like, getting me, like, to do things they want me to do. You know, they're trying yeah. to help me. Like, the, uh, uh, the academy people, I thought they were, like, you know, BSing me all the time. You yeah. Know, they were like, man. But after, I'm like, man, this guy's helping me. Like, literally, like, so you I began to trust Yes, people. I began to trust trust people. And then I began to be like, okay, yeah, this is where, like, I really, like, we're looking for this whole time. Because I've been here, like, what, seven <clears throat> years. And, I mean, uh, you know, I didn't have, like, you know, confidence to even go talk to somebody about my problem or whatever. But in Cincinnati, that got me, like, in a in a family vibe to you know mm -hmm. to to come talk to people or to ask for help when I need it. Right. Yeah. So uh, the beginning was pr pretty good, uh, pr pretty hard, but it was good. It was good for sure. Uh, thoughts on Skyline Chili when you first because that's like a big thing when people come from out of state. They'll come to Cincinnati and, you know, you watch all the TV shows, like the sporting event. Like I was watching the Super Bowl, right? Mm. And the Bengals are in the Super Bowl and they're talking about Skyline Chili and blah, blah, blah. So, but you coming from a different country, you, you have a different taste in, in some ways probably with food. Was, did, you, did you eat Skyline Chili? I did. I did. I did eat uh, uh, some chilies and it was, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> At first, we were like, uh. Yeah, I was, I mean, when I first got here, so what my old family did was they took me to, like, buffet almost every day. 
you know, to try different food to see what I really like. Yeah, that's smart. And then, yeah, so, you know, my first time eating chilies, I'm not going to lie, like, I didn't like it because it made my stomach upset. I'm sure. Whatever. But when I got here, everybody was keep talking about it again. I'm like, okay, let me just give it a try again. So, yeah, it was, it was good. Okay. That's good. I just wanted to, I wanted to, yeah, it's like a popular question, is, is Skyline. Yeah. The Bearcat Basketball Podcast is now presented by the Healthcare Management Group. Shout out to everyone at HCMG and thank you for the support. And as I talk about food, Mamadou, for those Bearcat fans that follow you on social media, you're quite the chef. Chef Do? Yes, sir. Yeah. Can, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Uh, I start cooking. I mean, like I say, the struggle got me become a lot of things that I never was or never thought I was going to be. Uh, you know, coming to school, like especially prep school, mm-hmm. that, you know, like you got like 20, 25, 30 kids uh, in one place. And then, you know, like to have your own food or to have a food that you like is rare. You know, they're going to make one food for everybody to eat it, no matter if you like it or you don't like it. Right. So for me, like, that got me into cooking a little bit. You know, I started, like, starting with the noodles. That's everybody knows that from the prep school. You know, whoever passed, like, prep school, you got to, you will need noodles. Uh, so ramen noodles, I used to mix that with, like, uh, some <coughs> eggs mm-hmm. and then buy some frozen wings. And, man, that should be my, like, you know, some, some of my stuff. And I used to, like, from prep school, I used to, like, do business over there. I used to, like, make some noodles and sell some food. Oh, you were, <laughs> <laughs> you were sell, selling noodles sell, out the back door. Sell, sell, okay. some, sell some to my teammates and stuff. I mean, they, they, pretty, like, they pretty liked it. Uh, and then after that, I came to, you know, Cincinnati now. And uh, I started watching my Fuji chef. Uh, mm-hmm. You know who that is? Uh, no, but I... I Sherry Ibaka. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, Sherry Ibaka got a cooking show and stuff like that. So I'm like, why not start a cooking show myself? Oh, wow. I didn't know this. Okay. I thought yeah. you were talking about somebody else. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, Sherry Ibaka is Mafuzi. They, they, he call himself Mafuzi. That's a uh, name from his, uh, his country. Okay. So, so yeah, from that. So he I'm inspired like, you to. He inspired me. Okay. Uh, so I'm like, oh, so, you know, instead of just cooking myself and cooking for my friends, why, why not put on a social media to see, you know, what people are going to think about it? And yeah. So, I mean, it's, it was pretty good. A lot of people know that I'm a chef now. And even my old school, the coach, Coach Pelfrey, called me chef. He doesn't he call, call me any name. They call me chef. He called you chef? Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, when you were in uh, Africa, what was, like, your go-to dish? Like, what was your go-to food in Africa? Yeah, we have a food in Africa <clears throat> called yasa. Yeah. Uh, yasa? Yasa, yeah. So what is that? It's basically, like, chicken... Uh, 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 and onions, uh, saute onions, and then some rice. Mm. That's that's pretty good. I mean, mm. if if people in Africa make make, make it, you be like, wow, this is. That sounds good. good. So, how's the chicken prepared? Is it like? Oh, uh, they fry the jerk. Chi- so they fry the chicken first. Uh, I mean, they seasoning it first, right? And fry it, and then you know bake it for a little bit, and then when the onion and olive and whatever is like, they they put on the uh, in that pan. My stomach just growled. Go yep. ahead. I so, <laughs> hungry. So, <laughs> yeah, so they, they put that great, uh, a big chicken and, or fried chicken and bake to, the, to that mm. pan and let it, like, like cook together. Yeah. 
and then they make a rice on the side. You missed, you missed that. I missed that. I mean, and that's, that's another thing. And uh, I wanted to say this uh, for a long time in the podcast here. Um, so like African that, you know, their crew or whatever, Coach Miller, Wes Miller or whatever, like if African know that there is African restaurant, there is like three different African restaurants in Cincinnati here. And then, you know, there is like a mosque that all African go. And there is like a lot of community stuff that African do here. Mm. And that's, that's the reason why like Cincinnati is one of a, you know, a, a good place to be or a great place to be. Uh, but yeah, I, I, get, I get that, you know, whenever I feel like I gotta, you know, like. You I, go get that. Yes, whatever I feel like I miss home. So I'm, bit, a, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get, uh, after we finish the podcast, you're gonna tell me where the, the best restaurant to go to get this. Y- Yasa? Yasa. Yasa. Yep. I'm yep. in. I'm a big chicken guy, so. It sounds good. There is a lot of different other dishes you can try too. Yeah, but it's pretty good. It's you sold me on the Yasa, dude, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get that. Sounds good, yeah. Try so, so tell me about playing for um, Mick Cronin. I've had a lot of people on here that have either played for Mick, a lot of guys that played for Bob Huggins, but you played for, for Mick Cronin um, during an era, you know, as, as I look back at it, you know, you were 2017 to 21, but during that era in which you played with Mick, I mean, some really good teams. I mean – some dogs, Jacob Evans, Gary Clark, Kyle Washington, Jaron Cumberland, Trace. I can go on and on. Some dogs. What was it like at that stage to play for Mick Cronin? Man, that was – I think – I still tell people, this. that was the best, like, basketball team I've ever seen yeah. or play or be part of. Um, that year, I think we 2017? Yeah. I think we that was went, a redshirt year. I was redshirt, yeah. yes. I didn't want to – Pressure, but I was hurt. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yep. But that was that was a very good year uh, with Gary Clark, like you know, doing his thing. Kyle Washington, man. like you said, Jaren. Um, you know, Jacob. It was man. Like I ain't gonna lie. I'm I'm gonna say this right now. Like if it would if it wasn't that good and we didn't win that much that many games that year. I would be gone. I would be. I would transfer by by then, cause I, you know, when I first got here, my freshman year, like I was, I was engaged. I was working out like what three times a day. I was in the gym like two in the morning and mm-hmm. stuff. And then you know, just to play a couple of minutes. Uh, but at the end, like I was redshirting, which I wasn't expecting to redshirt. And but by that time, I ain't gonna lie, like I wasn't good. You know, I thought I was good, but I wasn't good with what, whatever. Mick, In comparison to the team. You, to the, you, to the yeah. team and the way, like, make runny stuff, right? So, in high school, I, I knew defense, like, to be in a, in a gap and, you know, to have a quarter, to show quarter and stuff like that. But with me, you have to stay open. Yeah. So, for me to get that down, it took me a year to, to, to yeah. understand all those things. And then for that, like, you know, like, the experience we had in which is that state, like, winning a championship there, like winning all these games, like got me to that. Okay, well, we're winning. So. Yeah, and, and I, tell, I tell fans, you know, I don't care who, like I know recruiting such a big thing to learn about the new recruits coming in, and, and, and I get fascinated by the recruits, but I tell Bearcat fans, I don't care how good you are, mentally it takes you a year sometimes a year and a half to get acclimated to college basketball am yes. i right dude yes you are you are right i'm 
like I said, I was I was pretty good in high school. I was mm-hmm. averaging pretty good numbers. Um, but yeah, it definitely took me a year to understand what really make one. And when I found out what he really want, then I was good, you know. But but but, but before that, I was in a practice. I mean, I was not listening to whatever he say. <laughs> I'm like, man, I mean, she's trying to get buckets. Yeah. You know, you gonna yeah. play me, but the game gonna start. You gonna be like, man, how the I don't trust you, man. You know, you know, you know, you're not doing what I'm, t- I'm telling you to do. And after I'm sitting down, talk to him, go to the office all the time, asking him, what do you really want me to do? Because I'm confused. I said, man, I just want you to be simple, be calm, don't rush. You know, because like, like I say, everybody got different style of like coaching. So Mig, he doesn't want you to like dribble fast or play fast or whatever. He wants you to slow down. Uh, you know, with other coaches like John Brennan, you want me to play fast. Mm-hmm. So, I think you know. So for me to understand that, and for me from to coming from Africa, so in Africa we play European basketball and American basketball at the same time. So we combine both basketball. We play fast and we play like style too. Like we play like movable and do mm-hmm. all this thing. For me, like it was, it was American, but it was slow. So it was like pace game, where like. You know, like you, you run a place, stop a game, run a place, do this, do that, and it works. He win a lot of games, you know. So for me, it was it took me a year, but I'm I'm glad it took me that, that year to to learn. Yeah. And I think I felt like I got better the, that one year I wasn't playing. I got I got much better. Yeah, and, and let's. I know you redshirted that year, but that team in 2017, 2018. Had a fantastic, you know, season. Um, that conference run, beating Houston, um, I mean, was was a hell of a run. And I'm like, going in the NCAA tournament, I'm like, this could be the team that makes a Final Four run. And then, boom, boom, we're playing Nevada. We're up. And then, no, not yeah. so. Yeah, that that day, that was my first time crying. With that, <laughs> that was my first time ever crying. Uh, Losing basketball, yeah. You know, even though I wasn't playing, usually you were like, you know, like when guys play a lot of minutes and they know they give everything they got, and they lose, they gonna be like, man, I give everything I got, and you got that emotion that's gonna come off you, right? Then you gonna start crying, right? But I was sitting on it, I was clapping, I was like being a really good teammate, like you know, cheering the guys out, talking to them, and bring them water if they need it. And then we lost, man. I could not take it, man. I went to the locker room. I see everybody crying. It was tough. Man, I cried. I cried a lot that day, man. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. But that that year, I thought we were definitely going to be in the Final Four. Or I did, too. Maybe maybe win. I think that is, is that year that Obama, Obama picked Cincinnati to be in the Final Four or to win the whole team? Barack Obama? I would think if it was a year, it would be that year. Yeah. Yes. We were, we it would have been good. that one. We were pretty good. Um, yeah. Yeah, because... Yeah, but I mean, I'm, I'm very happy to be like, I was, I was, I'm blessed to be part of that team, for sure. Yeah, taught yeah. you a lot. So, so let's let's use that to a segue to your, I guess, it would be your red shirt freshman year, 2018-2019. Um, now this season you played, um, you got in 20 of the 35 games the uh, the Bearcats played. Um, the team finished 28 and 7. One thing I remember, I want to ask you your thoughts on this. You guys go um, into the new arena that mm-hmm. year. It was the opening. It was Ohio State, right? Was mm-hmm. the opening game for the for the new arena. Um, that was a pretty hyped up 
hyped up game. What were your thoughts on on that? Yeah, it was man, that was one of the great game I, I watched as well. Um, see the, the arena packed. It was kind of warmer than it usually is. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when people are like, there is no a lot of people in the gym, the gym is kind of like feel like yeah. chill, chilly or whatever. Yeah. Cool. But that day, man, it was hot. I'm like, wow, <laughs> this, is, this is crazy. Yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. You know, but it was, it was great. Yeah, I wish, I wish we could have won that game. Um, yeah. Again, I think we won the conference tournament that year, lose first round of the tournament to, to Iowa. Iowa. Right. Uh, so, your, so your red shirt freshman year, how was that for you personally? It was good, but still challenging, you know, because uh, so what, I, what, what a lot of people didn't see in that year was I was confused. I don't know if you noticed that or anybody else noticed that. But I was still confused my second year because of, you know, like, I'm not used to, like, play. So, so this is what happened my rest of uh, uh, freshman year. Mm-hmm. So I was practicing with the guys. Like, I think Gary left this time, right? Gary wasn't there. Uh, Kyle wasn't there. They graduate. So I was competing with Trey and Nas and stuff like that. So, and E, Leo. So I was trying to play four. Mm. So this whole time I'm playing, trying to play four. I'm trying to compete for Treska, position. I'm trying to get his his, 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 his minutes, some of his minutes. So I work really hard, uh, you know, almost every practice or whatever. But in a game time, I'm playing, I'm practicing at four every day for a whole year. But in a game time, I play five. So oh, it just threw you off. So yeah, so that confused me. Yeah. So so yeah. me trying to, you know, like trying to imagine like what this five man is gonna do. So I'm, I'm playing, I don't know the five, I'm, I'm just running around like, you know, lost. And then, you know, I was, I was playing as hard as I can, but I was still lost because that's not what I was practicing mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in. And then, I mean, I, I, I did have like, what, like, I would say 10, 10 meetings with coach. I'm like, man, coach. I'm you had re- 10 meetings with coach? Yeah, I had a lot of meetings with him. <laughs> Every time after a game, I text him, I'm like, man, I was confused here today, man. Like, can you play me, at, if you can play me at five, can you make me practice at five? So that's, you mm-hmm. know, I understand, you know, like the game or whatever. He's like, man, all I want you to do to help the team right now is go for every rebound, yeah. be, be a, a energy guy on the team. And I, that's what I end up doing. But that wasn't me. That wasn't my game. That was any, that was not anything close to like what I, I came here for, but he was, he, we won a couple games. So, so I mean, won a championship. So, yeah. I was happy that happened. 28 and 7 that year. Did yeah. you, did you want to leave at any point? Yes, I wanted to leave after that. And I remember, like, because um, Savino can, you know, justify that or whatever. I used, to, I used to go to him. Like, whenever you're practicing, I'm like, man, I can't wait to get out of here, man. <laughs> you say that to him? Yes, yes. That, I, was, I was that mad. Yeah, I, was, yeah. I was that mad to, like, like, literally leave, like, you know. But I had, like, great people talking to me, a lot of people. Uh, and then, you know, like, I had a good teammates, like, telling me, oh, yeah, we understand how you feel and stuff like that. But that year, like, that's what make left, too. We're going to get to that in a minute. You know, but yeah, I, I was like, man, this is not me. And then the funny thing he did, um, Mick is a great coach. Don't get me wrong. He's a good guy. Uh, but he didn't play me 
before the tournament, uh, he didn't play me for two straight games at all. Even one minute, he didn't play me. But in the tournament, he put me in the first, first half. First four minutes, five minutes, he played me. Hmm. And I'm like, man, I can never understand this guy, man. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I was literally like... That's you know, tough. Yeah, the pregame, the pregame uh, meal, I would say, the pregame meal, I'm like, let me enjoy the meal right now because I'm, I'm not going to play. You know, I'm going to eat as much as I can. <laughs> I'm just going to go and cheer for the guys. I wasn't ready. I mean, I was sitting down with my uh, hoodies on and mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that and sit on the bench. And now it's got any foul travel. I thought he was going to play E or uh, uh, Trey. He got, he got me in to Garaluca. I'm like, man, uh-huh. I've been playing for two games, man. Uh-huh. He played me at five. Yeah. So... I mean, I think I, I played, I, I took like two shots, I, I believe. Uh, one almost didn't hit the backboard. <laughs> oh, jeez. That was, that was pretty rough, man. I was like, man, I wasn't worried at all. But I guard Luca for like a couple of minutes. I think that game I played six minutes or seven minutes total. Uh, it took me out that one time where uh, we, were, we were scrambling, basically. And then Jaren was supposed to uh, go to the corner. Because like the matchup zone we play is two at the top, so everything is switched. We switch everything, so the five men don't move. So which I was playing five, so I was guarding Luca, not trying to let him catch a ball. And then whenever the ball get to a corner, somebody x out. So Jaren didn't x out, Uh-oh. and then I end up leaving Luca to trying to go contest uh, one of their best shooters, Bonino, whatever mm-hmm. his name is. Yeah. He hit the three, and Mick was like. And he, he pulled told, you out. He pulled me out. So I'm like, okay, well, I see that. I'm like, man, I wasn't ready anyway. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know after yeah. that game, I'm like, man, I, I gotta, I gotta go. You know, this is not the place for me. I was, I was frustrated because like the last two years, it got me sitting here playing me at five. Where I never played five before in my whole life, mm-hmm. but I don't mind playing five. If the coach want me to play five, so yeah. I was like, okay, if you can play me five, you want me to rebound. I'm gonna go for a rebound, but I mean, I never, I never got a chance to show Mick what I really can do. That was, that was something I, I'm like, wow. But when Mick left, like, the funny thing was, I, cr- I cried harder than anybody too. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that was crazy. Like I was like, man, when Mick left, I'm gonna. So how'd you find out? Well, um, you know, we were joking about this. Me and Keith and Jaren, uh, we were sitting out that one day in the locker room. So you, Keith Williams, and Jaren Cumberland were all sitting down. We were joking. So, okay. yeah. So, we saw the picture on, TikTok, on Twitter. You know, somebody photoshopped Mick head in a conference meeting room or whatever where he was sitting down. And then we were like, what if Mick go to UCLA and leave us here? And Jaren was like, man, that's not going to happen. I just talked to Mick. Boom. Ten minutes later, we have a meeting. Everybody in the film room. So, we got in the film room. Mick started like saying like oh he's sorry you know he's, he's not supposed to do this he's not supposed to do that whatever uh you know he's leaving guys behind he doesn't want to coach anybody else other than us or whatever like and then he started crying and then man everybody started crying man i'm like damn like this is my bad I said, no no <laughs> yeah say yeah yeah so i'm like man this is this is tough you know like i started thinking about like the last two years like all this yelling like you put him in a treadmill more than anybody. You put a treadmill <laughs> like in 10 mile or 11 mile per hour. Like let it run first and tell me to jump on it for five minutes. I'm like, ha, ha, ha. I said, get back on the defense. I'm getting, I'm getting back on the defense now. I'm like, man, man, what are you trying to teach me? Mm-hmm. Please let me know what, he, what you want me to do and I will do it. But yet you're crying. 
in this meeting. Yes, I was. Yes, I was. I was crying. Like, I felt bad for like, you know. I'm like, wow, like, wow, this is crazy. But yeah, yeah. It, I don't know why I was crying, but I was crying. I don't know why. So was everybody's everybody's reaction? All the players were like. We can't believe this. Was anybody, and I've, I've actually, I don't think I've ever talked to anybody about that meeting, any of the players. Was anybody like pissed at Mick and say anything to Mick about leaving? Like, how can you leave us? Yeah, I would say some people were mad, but nobody said anything. Uh, I think Jaren was pretty mad because he got Jaren to come back, uh, you know, but Jaren didn't want to come back. Trey was mad. Trey said, you know, he spent four years here. Oh, mm-hmm. Trey was mad because Trey said he spent uh, four years in a school. Uh, but he was, he was, I mean, a lot of people were mad. E, Elio was mad because after NCAA tournament, uh, he, got an, he got concussion, you know, because after, of, because the game, like NCAA game, he played Elio. And then I think something happened or somebody scoring on E, Elio. The first time he get in, me got me tell you time out. Man, you the reason why we losing. I mean, <laughs> he ripped him. Yeah, he ripped him. So he was mentally not there anymore. And then he, after we lost the game, he went to hit his head on the wall. Yeah, like more than I would say twenty times. I thought he was gonna die. Jesus. Ken Broom was. I've never sit- heard about this. Yeah, yeah, Ken Broom was sitting next to him. Um, I was like, man, Ken Broom get. Get him not to hit his head on yeah. the wall. Cam Broom, like, she's sitting there, look at, with the towel on, uh, look at Leo like that. I'm like, bro, this guy crazy. So I went to stop him. And then Bob and all those people came down, and they took him to the backside. So they told Elio, uh, open your phone so we can call your uh, family and tell them you're, gonna, you're not going to travel with the team, so you can go straight to a hospital. That man had a concussion, like, really bad that, you know, if, if his phone screen is like this, right? Mm-hmm. And he's trying to put the passcode in here. He got his phone like this. He's trying to put the passcode oh, in man. the back of his thing. But that was pretty rough. So he, he was mad about that. I was mad about me not playing the way I want to play. And then now he's leaving. Yeah. And so, I mean, everybody got deal, his, his thing going. And a lot of people were happy as well uh, because they think they can get, you know, f- more freedom of doing what they can do but it's not about freedom anymore it's about winning yeah so 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 mick leaves um and then this is your soft your sophomore year 2019 2020 uh they announced you know john brandon is the new head coach well you played for john for two years i'm sorry two years at the beginning i said one year you you played played one year i'm sorry yeah but um, played played two years for John Brandon, but your first year playing for John Brandon, 2019, you guys finished uh, 20 and 10. Um, that was the year that when you guys were on the way to Texas for the conference tournament, the pandemic started, mm-hmm. and you guys had to turn around and come home. You were all the re- all the way in Texas. Yes, we were. Getting ready for the tournament and had to come home for the conference. Correct. Yes. yes. How wild was like. Were you guys like, what the hell is going on? That was wild, for sure. Yeah, that was like something we never thought about that's going to happen. Uh, especially like something like that around, around this time. I said, I was like, we could play at least three days. That's it. Yeah. You know, three months, three days. We all go home. Let's, let us isolate. But they, since we saw on, uh, on the news that 
Ivy Leagues, like, you know, they got shut down. Yeah. Everybody was like, man, we got no chance anymore. So we got to right. go home. Yeah. But we still had hope. Honestly, when we were on a plane, we were like, maybe we won't come back. But I think a lot of people, yeah, it was, just, it was such a confusing time because, you know, here in America, we've never dealt with anything like that. I don't think we were properly prepared to deal with that. Yeah. And, um, you know, sports, it's, it's so interesting, uh, Mamadou, that, that sports is such a, like, microcosm of society and, and life and, and how we often look at sports so much for life lessons and just everything. Mm-hmm. And when sports were getting shut down, I think people were like, yo, this is serious. Even though, like, doctors and everyone's on TV going, this is serious. Yeah. But then when sports are shut down, it's like, whoa, wait. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, this is a billion-dollar business that's, that's shutting down. But, but okay, so, and I, I kind of jumped ahead a little bit, but um, Coach Brandon, um, and obviously we're going to get to the, um, the next season and talk about, you know, what, what happened. But your first year with Coach Brandon, what was that like? Did you enjoy playing for Coach? Um, just get your, give me your honest thoughts. Yeah, so with Coach Brandon, um, you know, I was, like I said, I was worried about to leave. Uh, Coach Brennan got, got to Cincinnati. Um, you know, I had a meeting with him, and he was like, man, I got plenty for you. You know, like I watch your game. I know you haven't played your game this past couple of years or whatever. I got plenty for you. So now you're going to feel my style. I'm going to play with this position. You're going to be good. You're going to shine. Mm-hmm. We're all going to win. I'm like, okay, cool. So, I mean, I didn't, you know, I, I love Cincinnati. I wanted to, you know, keep around, keep myself around here for a while. I graduate here, maybe. Uh, but I enjoy, I enjoy playing for Brandon. And at the first, I'm like, damn, this guy, crazy. You know, his, his workout is hard. Because from me, like you literally, like I was telling people before, when I used to get mad at me, like practice would be 3, 3 p.m. I would walk in the gym at 2.58, you know, and then, I'm not prepared or anything. I'm eating like bad, whatever. Because I was mad. I wasn't, you mm-hmm. know, I, I wasn't trying to be there. But I was just being there just to finish up the year or whatever. And I could have practiced. I could have literally practice with the guys and don't get tired at all. But with Brandon, you have to get ready for a day to practice for the next day. So if you practice tomorrow at 3 p.m., you got to make sure you drink a lot of water today, get a lot of fluid, make sure you sleep pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> wake up when you wake up you gotta make sure you like you get stretched and all that before you get to the practice and that's why you know i mean at the beginning it was hard for everybody but i got used to it the first practice this is a funny story like the first ever workout with him uh he got me working out by with him uh one-on-one workout so i was working out and i'm like okay well this guy's not gonna show me anything that i never see before i've been playing basketball for so long he got, me, he got me dribbling, two, two ball handling dribble. So I started doing warm-up. I go, go hard, go hard. I'm going hard. Man, my shoulder and my, my hands started becoming a little numb. I'm like, well, you're going to give me a little, little break to, to jump on the next row. We went from that. We do Mikey's. I'm doing Mikey's. I'm like, good, good, good. And then, boom, let's go to a three-point line. Catch a three-point line, rip through. Somebody's pu- uh, pushing me from yep. the three-point line. Mm-hmm. I'm driving the ball. Dunk. Everything done. Go to the other side. Dunk. Ten times. So from that, I took five free throws. I'm like, gosh. I'm like, <laughs> you know, like, 
Uh, and then it got me doing another drill. That, that really got me. Like, I'm like, man, I've been playing basketball since me got fired. Mm. I can't keep up with this. I literally just stopped. Like, I was like, man, I'm, I'm gassed. Mm-hmm. I can't pass this, pass this thing. It got me pounding a ball in the backboard, uh, a crab dribble, dunk to the side, and then do the same thing, and dunk to the other side 10 times. I got to do that twice. So the guy I was with, Lacroix, uh, uh, I don't know if you remember him. Oh, yeah, he left out. He left out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was with him. I'm dunking the ball. He's not dunking the ball. <laughs> so it's going easy. I'm going hard. I'm like, man, I'm getting tired, man. Like, this is, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. So I told him, I'm like, yo, I'm out of shape. Like, I'm, I'm literally, like, out of shape right now. And I got sickle cell. You know, I got sickle cell trait. So I'm like, you know, usually if I'm tired, I can need to, like, have 30 seconds, 45 second break to get myself going again. You've had that your, your whole... My whole time. My whole career. Whole I didn't career. know. I didn't know of. Like Prince did uh, his hard thing. I didn't know of mine. Uh, but, you know, in conditioning and stuff like that, like I'm supposed to go to my pay, own pace and stuff. But I never went to my own pace because I like to uh, go with other guys. Uh, so for, from that, I almost passed. Man. I, I need to oxygen or whatever. So I, I got some oxygen. I'm telling you, I'm like, your coach. Like, I'm not going to lie to you, man. I'm... I'm done, man. <laughs> I'm done. What did he say? It was cool. I mean, it was it was cool with it. He was like, "Yo, if you tired, it's okay." You know, like, so I I walk away, I sit down, and everything was good. Uh, the, the week later, I was in better shape than anybody on the team. So wow, yeah, I started running a lot, and I told him like, "I just need a couple of days. I can't just jump on things like, cause my shoulder was dead already. Like, mm-hmm. like my back was start getting tired. My leg was. I'm like, man, I know myself like." If yeah. I push harder than this, I might cause myself some other things. But do you feel like the um, that first year with with Coach Brandon? Do you feel like the other players um, reacted well to him and just how tough the practices were in terms of like you said with conditioning and all that stuff? Were there a lot of players the first year that were like, "Yo, I can't play for this guy"? Yeah, definitely. I mean. New things, new things is like hard for everybody. Not even basketball, like because it was it was vastly different than what Mick Cronin yes, had done the yes. year prior. Yes, yes, especially like like you say, like you know, like that year it was really hard because this was new to everybody and we didn't know what was coming. So if you don't know what is coming, it's hard to like even get used to it. Yeah, and with him, we it was focused on. The, Defense more than offense most of the time in the practice. So in the defense, in the practice, the practice start with like, well, like you say, seventy percent defense. Mm-hmm. And then I mean, I used, I used to like it because I used to be like, okay, well, I got long legs, I, I got I got speed or whatever. And mm-hmm. the way you want you want a, a four man or five man to play, like, I think I'm nothing against all the big men, but I think I like if I'm looking at them, I'm like, oh, if this guy don't get tired, I won't get tired. Yeah, but that's. Man, it was it was hard for everybody. It was hard for everybody. Some people take it as like, yo, I'm gonna enjoy this and get through it and then get what I need to get done and we're gonna win or whatever. Some people were like, Man, I'm not used to this. I want the ball. I want I wanna mm-hmm. play more, I wanna do this, I wanna do that. But that's not how you wanna you wanna see his his thing to work. Why why did Coach Brandon if you feel comfortable elaborating on this, but why did Coach Brandon and, and uh Jaron um, bump heads that year, you think? 
Well, Jaren is so used to like like with Mick, Jaren is used to like iso ball, right? Yeah. Like Mick run plays like where two big screen for him and do go for two double screen and catch a ball, another big uh, up, from the opposite side, go screen for him. And Jaren use the screen. And if he can't use it, you, you take all his time and beat the guy. He's bigger than everybody. Mm -hmm. like, you know, yep. that's, that's his game. And Jaren used one-on-one <clears throat> one -on -one games. But Brandon see Jaren as playmaker. Because Jaren is a really good passer as well. Yeah, so he Jaren, is. You know, Brandon want to use him uh, you know, to get everybody involved and get everybody around him better. But Jaren, for him, like he was, he was young. Like yeah. you know, he was like, okay, well, I'm a scorer. Like I score like all these points in high school. You know, I scored all these points last year. I'm a top scorer. I'm Jaren. I gotta do the same thing this year. And Brandon was like, no, that's not how it works. You know, you gotta go with everybody, and mm -hmm. you know, and you know, practice was hard as well. You know, for Jaren, like guards, guards, like I was like, man, guards are doing a lot. We do a lot too as a big, but guards like you gotta guard full court. Like we press every time, every day we press. Like you got somebody guarding you, like like literally for two hours. You know, for Jaren, he's got he's got injury and whatever. And whenever he got injury, people think he's just like trying not to play and stuff like that. So it was it was just a lot of like things like that. You know, Brandon thing is Jaren is giving excuse. Jaren thing Brandon is going too hard for his own reason and stuff like that. So they never they never got to understand each other. But I think that that was it to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for explaining that. I'm sure yeah. a lot of the Bearcat fans have always wondered uh that. Yeah. Um so I wanna jump into the twenty twenty, twenty twenty one season. The I guess you'd call this the official pandemic season because really yeah. the pandemic only affected last year the conference tournament. But but I now that we're I, mean, I don't know that we're I don't even know which what space we're in now for like yeah. how the pandemic or what what it is now. But as I reflect on that time period, Mamadou, I think it was so tough for a lot of people, and it's going to be years before we we see how it's really affected a lot of like there are going to be a lot of young people i think from an education standpoint mental health we see um is a big topic um mm -hmm. i even see with my parents i feel who are older parents um i think the pandemic really affected them and aged them uh quite a bit mm -hmm. um so i can't imagine what it was like for you guys um being that you know let's be honest you guys are there to play play hoops and be students, um, enjoy, you know, life as a student, mm -hmm. but, you know, you're kind of like isolated and it, it was tough. Talk about the challenges that you faced during that, during that season. Cause yeah. you opted out after three I did. games. I yeah. did. I did. Uh, yeah. Part of it, I would say 80% was because of COVID and the other 20 was because of like the way I felt like the things was going and then you know, I didn't like the way things were, things were going. Because mm -hmm. it wasn't, you know, fair anymore. I would say it was something like, okay, this guy wants to do this, then he's going to do it, <laughs> you know, for his own reason. Uh, but for me, COVID was like, for, like, like for most of my teammates, COVID affected me a lot, you know, so especially having a newborn. So by then, I had a newborn. Uh, I would say I was worried, but at the same time, I was like, okay, well, I think everybody else, like, 
worries you, but all, what, what, what can we do to, to play and win a couple games? So, uh, you know, it was hard. Uh, I have to, like, I'm going to say this in here, but I have to go see somebody, like, you know, to talk to that person because I was mentally, like, really not, not here anymore. I was like, man, like, I think I'm going to be done with playing basketball forever. Like, yeah. not, not just for UC yeah. or forever. I'm going to be done, you know, because I'm like, okay, that's for the past six, seven years, like, I'm being bouncing around. I'm being trained like this. I'm I'm not playing the way I want to play. Like, this is not me, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm losing my my you know identity. I'm I'm losing my even emotion. I'm mm-hmm. acting like somebody else, mm-hmm. you know. Like I'm talking to this guy the way you want me to talk to him instead of me talking the way I I want to talk to you know to him. Hmm. I would say the COVID the COVID really like like show like expose me basically i would say mm-hmm. the covid exposed like a lot of my weaknesses mm-hmm. and uh you know like he, he the covid pushed me to like tell people like you know like what is wrong what is like or what is like not okay with me you know what i'm saying so i went to talk to this lady um you know she was very helpful uh you see uh she helped me like you know, get through all these things. And she told me, like, if I want to keep playing or if I want to stop, I can't stop or whatever. So at that time, the best thing for me to, to do was to stop, you know, to to take a, you know, day off basketball court, you know, to focus on my myself. Because, like, I had some family issue as well back then uh, that my family thought, oh, yeah, you don't call us no more. You don't, you know, you don't talk to us, like, they, they didn't understand that I was in a season trying to play for a fight, uh, trying to fight for a playing time, trying to do all these things, focus on the school so I don't fail my classes. I got to graduate. I'm a senior. You know, I got, I got all these things going on. And, you know, they were like, man, you don't call us no more. Like, you know, they don't understand. So I had to take time to explain one of, like, each one of them what is going on. So I'm like, okay, well, let me help that and, like, make, my, make sure my family back home. And me are in the same same page first, and I gotta take care of my own health, and then I gotta get back to basketball if I have to. But I helped out, you know. I helped out. That was the best thing I did for sure. And COVID, COVID affect affected me a lot. So when you opted out after three games, that's what you were doing, trying to get your mental health back together, get reconnected back with your family, take care of your newborn. Yes. So get a lot of a lot of life things in order. And I, I think not only you, Mamadou, but I think there were other guys on the team, and you can attest to this, that were going through stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a lot of people that opted out and, um, during that season. And, um, and, I, and I don't, it was going on all over the country. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people were exposed to their weaknesses. Yes. Um, which I don't, I don't think is a bad thing because you look at um, – David DeJulius, and you look at where he is now, which I think he's in a very good space now. Yes. I feel like he's a great leader. He's, he's, he's playing his best basketball. He's back for another season. But that 2020-2021 season, you know, he was in a tough space. Yeah, they were, they were all. I mean, I used, to talk to, I used to talk to almost all of them. Yeah. Uh, when I was hopping out, a lot of guys when I hopped out, I said, man, 
you can't <laughs> you can't have that man <laughs> The whole thing when I have that, like they call me, man, man, you gotta come back, bro. I, man, I'm like, okay, well, because like that's the only reason why I got to record into recording music with the guy, so they can have like some kind of like free, wow, freedom. Yes, to, now that's interesting. Yes, to uh, uh to speak their mind and to have like some fun other than therapy. Yes, other Therapeutic. than other than being like stuck in the room or whatever. They just mm. come to my place. I mean. Like Dave, I forgot to tell you, Dave got a song as well, Dave the Julius. Really? Yes. So I used to, be, I used to be the guy like that used to like get all of them together and you mm-hmm. know like, you know make them you know speak their mind through music or whatever or yeah. Like, you know Trey did, Jer- Jer- Jeremiah did. Uh, it was Jeremiah was struggling. I mean it was you got to you take a layoff and he's. He hurt his knee or whatever. Mm-hmm. Nobody was guarding him. Yeah. So I, I, I had a mic. I had a music studio go, and I, so let's, I tell him, let's hey, drop hey, these lyrics, hey, man. Hey, hey, listen, come, come to come to the studio and make make a song. I got you. And I started doing that, and then that music helped me too. You know, relax my mind a little bit, and then, you know, like, you know, get to forget about what it, what is going on. You know, like I have a kid, and I have this, I have that. You know, just get in a different uh, space. But with the freshmen, I would say the freshmen had like, so it's like me coming all over from Africa to here. So that was the same experience with the freshmen. They were coming here in the college expecting to have fun. And they now they're here with the COVID going on, they're in the room, going to the gym, come back, practice is hard. Like all day yeah. thinking about in their bed, like, man, what tomorrow practice is gonna be? Practice is hard tomorrow, man, like, man. like. We got guys that have panic attack, like before yeah. practice. Like that's, you know, that's that's being scared of, you know, what is really happening. Yeah. I, so, I I, I see the uh, the picture you're painting. I mean, like you said, a lot of these, you know, young men are coming to have fun. College should be a fun experience, right? You're gonna have your trials and tribulations, but yeah. the large percentage of that pie should be an exciting time in your life, right? Yeah. Um, and you're locked in a room. You're not getting that fun experience. And then you've got anxiety about going to a practice where it's about to be hell for the next three hours or whatever it is. Yep. And, you know, you put all that together. So I, I, let me ask you this. So I, I, now that you open this up, I do want to dive. Do you think if the pandemic did not happen, right, and there was that kind of that experience where, um, you guys could go out, hang out, party, do all this and that, and be able to have stress relievers. Do you think things would have been different um, that 2020-2021 season? Because obviously, Coach Brandon ends up getting fired. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it was going to head that direction anyway, or do you think things would have ended up differently if the pandemic didn't come about? Yeah, um... I mean, a lot of things happened to the program, uh, you know, during COVID or pandemic. I would say that you know the coaches could not avoid because coaches got some, his own thing going on as well. Like his father died. His father died. He he's talk about you know like how stressful you know like how stressed he is. He doesn't mm-hmm. sleep. He always like up or whatever. Like things happen. Mm-hmm. You know, so he wasn't focused on. Heading up guys, hey, how you doing, man? How's your family? He was dealing with things. He was dealing with his own things. So for me, mm. I never I never had a problem with the coach, you know, like 
for practice being hard or whatever. I had a problem with him because I would say that right now. I mean, you know that too. Because uh, when my girlfriend was, pre- I mean, my fiance at that time was pregnant, right? And then I'm a senior. So he was treating me like, I mean, I was sophomore, I was a junior or whatever. But he got Keith Williams, uh, you know, in a single apartment. He got Chris Vogue in a single apartment. Like rap, or, or rap, that came from Colgate. Like, I've been here for five years, for four years, you know. I'm not in a single room. And then he was trying to take me from living with Javen to put me uh, with the uh, three other guys. And my fiance is like pregnant. You know? mm. I gotta help out some, somehow. You know, so I went to him, I'm like, yo, coach, like, like I need to be in a single uh, bedroom because I have a daughter. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a kid pretty soon. So I yeah. need to be living with my family instead of my fiance paying for uh, a rent and then me paying for my own rent. And I have to go stay over there to help out with the baby because like, you know, everybody need help, right? Mm-hmm. That man said no, you know. Yeah. He said no, and that that really hurt me. You yeah. Know? I'm like, man, I'm practicing hard as hell for you. You know, I'm helping guys like not quitting. I'm mm-hmm. helping guys like staying in good mindset. I'm doing things behind the scene that you never knew about. And then you say no to this, like, like I can't trust you no more. You know, I can't. You Back know. to that trust issues that you have. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, those are those were a thing. But after I try to explain to him, like, yo, like, I really need this, like, you know. And, you know, I'm not mad at him. Even now, like, you know, he texts me, you know, we text or whatever. You still text with Coach Brandon? Yes, okay. yes, we text. And, you know, like, I'm mad about that because I thought, you know, we were better than that. I thought we were, like, we always say in a huddle, family, family, family. This is real family stuff. So if you can't help me with this, we're not family. Yeah. You know, we're not even friends. Right, you know? right. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, if this is the case – like, I'm gonna join the other guys, you know. Like, they yeah. might. I'm not gonna be on your on their side, but I don't know anything. You know, I'm I'm cool with anything that happened. You know, if they wanna leave, mm. I would not tell them to stay. Mm. You know, so yeah. that was that was my thing. But you know, other than that, I think I think I was I was cool, man. I was cool with hard practice because I knew like where I, when I first landed here in America, I know what I was here for. So like. For me to like say, oh, practice is hard. This is hard. Like that's that's disrespecting my family back home. Yeah. When Coach Brandon was fired, um, how did you feel? Um, and were you shocked? Well, honestly, I wasn't shocked because I know like little thing were hiding up. Like Brandon is not like Mick. He doesn't yell at people. He doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. But there was a little thing hiding up every day, every day, every day, and it become big and explode. So that was the the thing with Brandon, and uh, I would say like I was I was not shocked because I know like if you got like you know you recruit seven guys to come in school and all those seven guys want to leave like mm. it's it's hard it's yeah. hard for anybody. Let's not even think about AD like like that's that's this is how I see things most of the time I put my I put myself in other people's shoes right so if I'm trying to judge Brandon I gotta put my my shoes in Brandon's shoes and see like if I'm him like what would I do you know like mm. for me like you didn't play me a lot of games the way I want to play but I'm like well if I was a coach and then I want to win with this 
type of thing or whatever. Like, what would I do? I would not play you either. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, so, so that's how I was, that's how I was things most of the time. But, you know, most of the time, like, you know, like, he wanted to play four men. Trey was playing almost, the first year, Trey was playing almost 40 minutes, you know. So, for me to play, I have to play five or mm. I won't play. Yeah. You know, so you play me five, I'm like, okay, well, I'm cool with four or five. If Trey get in foul trouble or whatever, you play me. But the next year, the senior year, which I opt out, I was like, this is my year. Like, Trey's, uh, Trey's not here. I'm better enough to start, you know. I'm here, like, like who else is going to start over me? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying this because of podcasts. Like, I was working harder than anybody in that facility, in that building. My last four years, I don't think, like, anybody outworked me. You know, I work hard on the game day. I don't play. Ask why. Wait for your time. What time? I'm a senior. <laughs> there yeah, is no time. You don't you know? have much time. Left. You know, there is not much time. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, man, this is crazy. And then the day after, I remember, you know, I had a lot of things going on that I was dealing with, and I was trying to stick around the basketball just because, like, I want to help out. I wanted to like get with the guys, like, you know, to stay involved or whatever. And then, you know, the day, you know, rap, uh, uh, uh left, oh. Uh, some something like that, and it start it start Tari Eason, you know. That I'm I'm not gonna lie, Tari is my guy. I love him, but that hurt me, and that was the reason. That was if when I heard my reason why, that was the reason why I really I really like stay okay. Yeah, this basketball thing is not for me. I gotta yeah. I gotta yeah. step away, you know, like right now, because in that time I was I was doing good. I was doing very good the practice and everything, but. Imagine practicing at four, and in the game time you play at five. You yeah. know, you're not gonna do anything, you know. And that was that was always my problem. And I, I talked to them, man, you gotta learn five. Then you gotta. Why you don't play me at four? Why you play me at five and four? Right. Know? And then you know it's it's, it's just crazy, man. Well, and 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 do, I, I do, I do want to talk about um, some definitely positive things and some 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 good times. I think. You know, you, you transfer to Tennessee Tech. Did you enjoy your experience there? Yeah. Tennessee Tech was good. Yeah. Yeah. Coach Pelfrey. Pelfrey yeah. is a really good guy. Tennessee Tech was actually really good because I had to do what I can do. I was playing free. Everything was good until, you know, those guys, you know, I ain't, I'm, like I say, I don't, I don't just speak to speak or say stuff to say stuff. Like these guys... They didn't want to be in there. Uh, they, my teammates didn't want to be in there. So when I first got there, like I started knowing the vibe because like last year they won like five games. So I'm like, how they won five games the whole year? Like, there is no way. Mm. The way like the team is. Like I went down there the first practice. I'm like, yo, these guys are good. Like, but why are we not winning? But this guy got their own like objective. They so they want to go to D1 high mm. high major. Yeah, yeah. So. For that, they're playing AU. They're doing their own thing. They're doing their own thing. Yeah. So they're playing right. AU ball, you know? Yeah, right, <laughs> team ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah so sure. they're, they're doing their own thing, trying to get their, uh, their stats up yeah. just so they can go to, uh, uh, you know, big level. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, if that's the case, we're not going to win. But honestly, I enjoy my time in there. And then those guys were, like, really, really great. So let's talk about um, the game where you guys came to the University of Cincinnati to play uh, the Bearcats. And I, I will tell you this, so I remember sometimes we have, you know, the Bearcats have games that 
you know, if, if there's not a big star on the team or it's not a, you know, a big time name, sometimes the fans don't care. Um, and, and I'm and no offense, but Tennessee Tech just isn't a name that excites a lot of fans. Mm-hmm. But fans were excited for this game because you were coming back. And like I said, uh, he's such a fan favorite. What was that like for you uh, to come back and, and play on the court wearing a different purple and gold, right? Yeah, purple and gold. Purple and gold. Wearing purple and gold. You was, you was, I ain't gonna lie, it was weird. <laughs> it was weird. But I usually, you know, I was usually play against other teams, but now I'm playing against, like, the team I used to play for four years. I'm like, man. Yeah. This is, this is weird. Was but, that game, was that game um, already on the schedule or when you got there that it got scheduled? I think they scheduled when I got there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see the assistant coach was like, man, I'm not trying to get Cincinnati to play us. Okay. Okay. Oh, no. Cincinnati, I think Cincinnati offered to play them. And okay. they accepted okay. when I got there. So I'm like, okay, cool. So, yeah, that got me, that even got me like motivated to, to you know, stay in, in that level for, for a while. I mean, man, I ain't gonna lie, man. Nothing is like Cincinnati. I'm not gonna lie to you right now. Like like coming from Cincinnati to go to the level. I mean, I'm not saying like I'm, I was grateful to earn a scholarship to go there mm-hmm. and then you know play there for a year. But it was it was tough. It was completely different. It than, wasn't like Cincinnati. No, it was it, like it was different. It was like everything was. How, how would you describe for the Bearcat fans that are listening to this podcast? Uh, how would you describe? You know, Bearcat fans. Like, if you were to tell your Tennessee Tech teammates, like, "All right, we're going to fifth third. These fans are." Yeah, I tell, I tell, I tell, I tell them before we get on the bus, before we travel on the bus, I tell them, man, like, you guys, please be calm, because Bearcat fans, like, they're crazy, man. They're gonna be, they're gonna be, scre- they're gonna be screaming so loud, you won't even hear yourself talking. You were, know? Were your teammates surprised at how much love you got? They were they were like wow this is this is crazy but they wasn't they wasn't actually too too shocked uh, of it because like you know they uh, you know like they they actually some of them like actually knew some of the players from Cincinnati and they okay. watched a couple of, couple of games before okay. so they watched like cross cross down shootout and they were like man like you know like this is crazy because we had a guy from Xavier. Uh, on our team who so, transferred to Tennessee Tech yes so okay. he was always talk about like how like Intense. Cincinnati fans yeah. are like you know crazy you know, like crazy they loud <laughs> they, they supportive and stuff like that so I mean yeah so that was that was that was something yeah sure. well and I, and I will say this um, Mamadou there's there's something about wearing the Bearcat uniform you know giving your blood sweat and tears like I always feel like even though you went to Tennessee Tech, you'll always be a Bearcat. I think Bearcat fans will always look at you as like a Bearcat. I think five, ten years from now, people will forget you even went to Tennessee Tech, and Bearcat fans will always look at you as like, oh, you were here the whole time. For sure, for right? sure, yeah. You, you, you're, you're a Bearcat, plain and simple. Um, yeah. But, but there's so, I do wanna um, kinda close things up here shortly, and I, I have some quick questions, quick answers, um, uh, game that I wanna do with you, but, for the Bearcat fans out there, do you remember when I came to practice and we had a shooting contest? I think I, I, think I won. Who won that? <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> Who won that? That was tie game, right? I won. I have the video. You did? 
I, it was. It came down. So we we did five spot shooting. Ah, oh, I tried to block your shot. You tried you to it. block it, and oh, I made it. Oh man! And I made the last one. It was tied. Man, yeah, I remember now. I'm gonna we, have to. We gotta we gotta run it back. No, no, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, no. We gotta, hey, back back then, my shooting form wasn't tricky. I I don't I didn't follow through a lot. Yeah, you 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 definitely improved your shooting from from the time uh, that we did our we had a shooting contest. But you actually challenged me. I was I came to a practice. I was shooting around after, and you were like, "Hey, let's do this." And I was yeah. like, "I was like, dude, I, thought, I, thought dude, I got you, man. I you don't want this you. smoke." <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's jump into these quick questions, quick answers. So I got four questions for you. Okay. Okay. Uh, the first one is, and I ask. You know, I started doing this. I don't know how many podcasts ago. You obviously listened to them. So. Uh, MJ or MJ, okay, is the question. Mm-hmm. And for, for those out there that may be new to listen to the podcast, the question is this. Would you rather be MJ or MJ? MJ meaning Michael Jordan or MJ Michael Jackson? And when I say that, I say imagine both of them in their prime. Michael Jordan is winning six championships with the Chicago Bulls, biggest global sports star in the world. Michael Jackson is the biggest entertainer in the world. Mm-hmm. Concerts all over the world sold out. People are fainting in the crowd. Who would you rather be in their prime, MJ or MJ? Man, that's, that's kind of I'm interested. That's kinda Coming tough. from Africa, I want to I know your – Yeah, I would definitely say Michael Jackson. Okay, all right. Yeah, I would say that just because uh, – I started knowing Michael Jackson before I started knowing I could see Michael that. Jordan. I could totally see that. Yeah. Yes, yes. I could totally see that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like I say, my, my uncles and the aunts and stuff like that, they all they do is like play American music and mm. stuff. And they had a whole like C D of, you know, Michael, Michael Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. 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 So we had like uh, uh this Halloween like song he was playing. That's that's my that's actually the first song like they used to get me to sit down to just to scare me off mm-hmm. that when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, with that video. And yeah, that's the thriller. You're talking about the thriller the, the, song? The, the yeah. thriller song. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So that, that was, was biggest album ever, yeah. Yeah. So that's Michael Jackson. And that was the thing, I, I first learned this so when when Michael Jackson was at his 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 height and his prime and he was doing these concerts all over the world, um, I remember my mom and dad, we we'd watch some things on T V and, you know, there'd be 80,000 people in the crowd and Michael Jackson would be singing his songs and and the people in the crowd would be singing right along and I'd say to my mom like women where are they and they would say whatever country I'm like how they know the lyrics to this that was so confusing to me at a young age but he was going everywhere in the world and people who didn't speak English knew the words to the song that's 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 unreal that's how powerful it is absolutely yeah like even the fact that you know, like, I got one song, it's like, Just About Us, mm-hmm. uh, where, like, they, you know, the, they, they wind and, you know, like, mm-hmm. kill, like, uh, all the elephants, people kill all the elephants and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They all, yeah, like, yeah. come back up. Yeah, yeah. Those songs, like, people love those in Africa. I like, bet, I make, bet. It make them feel like, you know, yeah. Like, you know, they're they coming back to life again, stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. So, I can see the cultural attachment yeah, to Michael yeah, Jackson yeah, in Africa, so, yeah. for sure. Uh, second question. Uh, most memorable game as a Bearcat? That's easy. I would say Tempo game. Uh, the last game we played against 
Tempo before heading to uh, Texas, but COVID got shut, everything shut down. Yeah. That game, man, I was I was so happy. I got to play a couple of minutes. You doing your thing. And then, you know, I was getting comfortable in, comfortable in there for sure. So, and then we won that game in the last minute where I think Trey, Trey, uh, you know, hit that put back. Mm-hmm. That was a pretty good game. And that game, I still remember that, like. It was. Uh, and on our, you know, defense, on ice defense, we call ice. So I was on the side. Calling was that I- senior night? Senior night. Because, like, Trey didn't play well that game, did he? Trey didn't. He didn't play well. He didn't, he didn't play well uh, at all. Until he got the, the, the tipping, right, or whatever yep, it was. Yeah, yep, that okay. was it. Yeah. And I was, very, I was very happy that day. Chris Vogt Chris trying to be, like, looking cool or whatever. So mm-hmm. he put that uh, long sleeve on. And then the referee was like, man, he can't play. He can't play with that. You got to take that out. So he went to the locker room. By the time he came back, Brandon was like, mom, would you get in? I'm like, thank God, man. That gave you an opportunity. Yes. I'm like, thank God. So I played uh, play that game. I played pretty good. Um, the game was pretty good, you know, very intense, loud, and I, can, I could feel the energy like, like, cra- like crazy. So the, 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 the thing I remember in that game that really stuck to me was like the floor was shaking. Somehow the floor was like shaking. I had a goosebump. Uh, and then I was, we were on defense, so I was icing with Javen, I believe. So I was like, ice, ice, ice. And on a video, where after a game, the next day we watched a film, I was calling ice, because when you don't say ice, or when you don't, you know, execute the right way, the next day you're gonna run or flip tire in the practice. So yeah, so we had a video, when the coach, coach was like, man, you didn't call ice, you can't see my tear for me. Mm-hmm. I, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, man, you know, this is, this is great, you know? So, right. So, yeah, that was, that was part of, I remember, like, from a game, and that was, like, you know, me and Coach Brennan talk about that and stuff like that. I'm like, man, this is great. This is going to be a good memory for me for a long, for a long time. Yeah, for sure, for man. First time, first time winning an uh, argument with him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my third question is, um, and I asked this question because, so today – I was uh, downtown at City Hall, mm-hmm. and I was meeting with the vice mayor of Cincinnati, um, working on a project with another gentleman for the city. And um, I'm in the vice mayor's office, and she's got a giant picture of her and uh, Michelle Obama and Barack Obama. Oh. And I was like, I want to, I want to meet like that's, I want to meet Michelle and Barack Obama one day. Yeah. And she was like, really? She's like, oh, I wish I would have known that. I would, when they were in town, I would have introduced you. I'm like, man, she's making it sound like it's like super simple. And I'm like, well, yeah. you need to make sure that happens. She's like, well, who else do you want to meet? And I was like, man, I, I, I want to meet Mike Tyson one day. Stevie Wonder is my favorite mm. you know, artist of all time. I'd like to meet Stevie Wonder. So my question for you is, who is the one person that you want to meet like you're fascinated to meet man life or death life or death let's do living living the one person that's living right now that i really want to meet sports or not sports be anybody anybody man i would definitely say um this will sound weird when i say but I, will, I wanna wait, uh, meet Kareem. 
Abdul Jabbar. Kareem. Yes. Really? Yes. Interesting. Yes. I wasn't expecting that one. Yeah, I want to meet Kareem. Hmm. You know, just just because I, like how how he, he master like only three moves and play with that three move the his whole life. I just want to know why, like how. Yeah. How he did that. Yeah. No. I mean, people say that there there's been two unstoppable moves in basketball history. The first is the skyhook, Kareem skyhook. Mm-hmm. The second is fadeaway. the fadeaway, yeah. Michael Jordan. But definitely the skyhook, man. You watch those old videos of uh, Kareem or Big Cap, as they call him, Big Cap. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it wasn't even close. Like, nobody was touching that. Like, not yeah. even. And, and go reach out to your boy Mick. Mick's always taking pictures with Kareem, Big Cap. I got, I got, I got to hit him up. You might have to hit him up. I got to hit him up. He said, hey, Mick, you owe me for playing me at five. <laughs> so have you. <laughs> nah, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, uh, like Bob said, you're going to, you're going to uh, MF me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he would. So you're, you're Kareem. Real quick, Stu Holt. I know you don't have a mic, but just yell it out to me. If you could meet one person, who would it be? Uh, alive. Alive. See, this has got to. This has got to be. Come on now. You don't know. Oh, you're taking too long. See, Cruzy. Oh man, this should be. I always thought people like had this. Okay. Well, you guys think about it. Next podcast, we'll we'll, we'll dive into it. My fourth and final question uh, for you, Mamadou. During your time as a Cincinnati Bearcat, think about all the teammates you had. Okay. If you could pick one teammate that you want to take with you, okay, and wherever you go in the world, that teammate's going to be by your side. And if you got to go to battle and you got to take one person, what teammate are you taking with you? Man. I feel like I know you. I'm going to write down what I think your, your okay. answer is going to be. Okay. Okay. I'm going to see if I got it right. I said one of my teammates all the time, all the time. Uh, during oh, your time as a Bearcat. Okay, during my time. If you could pick one teammate that you'd say – if I'm going to battle, I'm going with that person. He's coming with me. I'm gonna see if I'm right. Man, the toughest guy that I actually play with, and then that gave me trouble. He got you in trouble? Nah, that gave me like, you know, oh. got me thinking like in a practice. Man, this guy's. Man, I would say Kyle Washington. Oh, I should. That's a good one. I should have wrote that down. I put Trey Scott. Ah, Trey would be a second one for sure. Yeah. Okay, but, Kyle's good. I like Kyle. I like that's a good that's a good answer. Kyle's, Kyle, yeah. When I first got in college, man, Kyle used to be. I'm like, I used to look at Kyle and, and his arm. I'm like, yo. Big, strong, smart. I'm like, man. Yeah. That's crazy. Kyle, and then when he's hook shotting and stuff like that, it was unguardable. That, that crazy old hook. I don't yeah, know what I kind to, of spin that like, thing had. They sit down, like, make a homework of Kyle. Like, <laughs> Maybe jump before he jump, <laughs> so you can block him or something. Yeah, yeah. It was Kyle is tough. It's, it's really tough. I like I like Kyle a lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, Mamadou, listen, I want to thank you uh, for coming here, oh, thank uh, you. coming on the podcast. Um, this definitely was a great. So usually, you know, we dive into people's story and we talk a lot about basketball. But you know, what I loved about our interview is, you know, we talked about 
Africa and what it was like growing up there. And then um, I like your being transparent about what happened during the, you know, time with Coach Brandon and, you know, dealing with mental health stuff, the pandemic, and you're very transparent about that. And I appreciate that. And I'm sure the Bearcat fans will as well. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, no. I was, I was, I was the one that's blessed to be here for sure. Oh, like thank I, you, man. I, I tell you on a text message. Like, yeah, for sure you did. I, I'm blessed, bro. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that, man. You'll always be a Bearcat, so. Thank you. Hopefully we can uh, get you to some Bearcat basketball games this coming season. Sounds good, yeah. yeah. Bearcat yeah. fans would love to see you. They, for sure. Yeah, I would definitely love to go to some of the games and cheer. Maybe be in the student section <laughs> and cheer for cheer for my guy. I still got some guys in there that yeah, yeah, still, for sure. Still talk to for sure. And for sure, the Julius we, and we, yeah, we'd like to see them win for sure. Yeah, no question. Well, listen, uh, thank you, and yeah, definitely, maybe sometime during the basketball season, we'll get you in. We'll we'll kind of analyze the Bearcats and talk about what's going on. Sounds good. We'll do that. Sounds good to me. Yep, sounds good. Well, uh, once again. I want to thank all the Bearcat fans for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. Go Bearcats!